0: So he instructed us to go deep into. So I guess that means we have to go deeper. <laughs> um, so I was thinking how chapter 10 is discussing Krishna's different energies um, and how we can see Krishna in everything. I am the light of the sun and the moon, um, I am mountains, I am Removable things on MLAS, as wonderful as Texas Shark. Oh, very nice. And um, you know, there's actually there's so many beautiful ways we can encompass teachings of Krishna consciousness. But one way is the Sambandha or who we are in the connection, Abhideya, the process, and Prayojana the goal. And I was thinking how everything really within Bhagavad Gita falls within these categories. And the reason why this um, relates to what we're studying right now is because really chapter 10 and chapter 11 really deal large part with Sanbanda. But we have Abhijaya there too. Like for instance, Krishna um, says, those who are dedicated to serving me with love. So he's saying that the, the process is to serve him with love. And he's also saying uh, in chapter 9, um, to engage your mind, always in thinking of me, and that you will come to me in this way. So he's giving the uh, the process and also the goal there. But in large part, we still haven't solidified the uh, sambandha, which means we still haven't fully um, we still haven't fully heard from Krishna how big he is, how great he is, uh, how all pervading, how powerful. So. Before we, we enter into these personal connections with Krishna, Krishna has to solidify our position and the scope of everything. That, that you know we are part um, and parcel, Jiva's small, Krishna's very grand, this is all his energies. He says at the end of chanting, that's of all and glorious creations that spring from the spark of my splendor. there. Um, so now in chapter eleven. He's giving more evidence to this Sambandha, who, who he is. Um, he's, he's solidifying to Arjuna that I'm God. And Prabhupada, you know, is explaining, you know, this is to to show anyone else who comes in the future, this is God, um, Krishna. Those who claim to be Krishna have to be prepared to display um, this universal form. Uh, so this is kind of a preliminary, it's it's interesting how Krishna is weaving in, you know, this Samanda Abhideya Pryoshana throughout the whole Bhagavad Gita. And uh, but actually uh, the deeper Abhideya Priyoshana comes in Srimad Bhagavatam, As then we're getting to know more personal what the process is and how Krishna is, how to attain Krishna. So do any of you have Because we 'cause we've it's been a while since we've been here. Anybody have anything they wanna mention about? Biggest anything you've done so far? Huh. Trying to like get back in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said chat, not. Just you know, just in general, anything that you have on your mind. So you know, it's been a while.
1: I love the summary. The summary that we did was yeah. really, really
0: great. That was I, really I really sweet.
1: love that.
0: Yeah, that was super sweet. So we'll do that in every chapter. As long as he's here. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he has to come here. So. Okay, did anyone want to share first? This is week 40, by the way. Yeah, 40 weeks.
2: Yeah, sure. I'll share kind of something just stood off for me. Uh, there's a couple copies. Um... <laughs> You know, chapter nineteen or text nineteen is powerful for me because you know Krishna says you are the supreme primal objective. You are the ultimate resting place of all this universe. You're inexhaustible, and you're the oldest. You're the oldest. You are the maintainer of the of the of the eternal religion, the personality of God. This is my opinion. There's a couple things that stand out for me. Um, you are the supreme primal objective, you know, here, you know, Arjuna recognizes that Krishna, he is the goal, he is the ultimate goal. So you know, Krishna here is, you know, obviously laying out all these different processes and all these different goals to attain in, in different, you know, yogic practices, but ultimately after, after Arjuna seeing Krishna's universal form, he's understanding, you know, you are the goal. Like it's it's about it's all about you, Krishna. That to me is a really powerful realization. I mean, obviously, once we have that realization, even in our own Krishna consciousness, it changes everything. That the goal is a personality that we can interface and connect. With. I think that's really really powerful. Um, it's it's not so much about a destination as Krishna is the ultimate destination, but we can have them that we begin to sincerely uh, render service. Um, So it's not so much about getting something as much as it is wanting to serve Krishna with love and that completely changes the game, at least for me it does. Um, And then you are the maintainer of the eternal religion. Here Krishna, here Arjuna is recognizing that ultimately it's all about loving devotional service. That is the highest goal that one can attain. And that is ultimately religion, you know, and that is the religion of all. Um, that is backed up by, I mean, so many things, but you are inexhaustible and you are the oldest, you know. To be the oldest, you, you, you precede everything. You precede all forms of external religions. Um, so I thought that was really beautiful and really inspiring to know that we're on this path of Krishna consciousness. And the ultimate goal is, is connection, This connection with Krishna, direct connection through loving devotional service. And the fact that we can have that now, that we don't have to wait to have that, is absolutely powerful. So, yeah, and, and this eternal religion, <laughs> you know you have man-made religions that came on the scene maybe about a couple hundred years ago. And all these different religions, in one way or another, they all kind of hint at developing some kind of devotion to God, for the most part, the five major religions, you can say. But ultimately, a lot of them are distorted in some way or, or, or another. And you don't really... I mean, it, it's very difficult to really establish and understand who you are and who Krishna is in your position your, in your position in relation to to God. So we've been given this ultimate religion, this 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 Sanatana Dharma, um, and it's just it's a really I feel very fortunate. So for me, that's my understanding, and I just I feel really fortunate that I've been given this this knowledge, this eternal ancient the oldest knowledge and understanding that krishna is the ultimate goal not some heaven not some stuff from god but ultimately having connection with god having that relationship that eternal relationship with god is absolutely fascinating and inspiring and at least it's motivating me every day to continue on this journey so that's all i wanted to say about that Your application
0: is we're motivated every day. That's good. If we're motivated every day, then we're going to (laughs) go.
3: Devotees who are correctly situated in a transcendental relationship with Krishna are attracted by loving features, uh, not by a godless display of opulences. So my understanding of that, as is stated in the uh, Bhagavad Gita um, third verse report, Arjuna has no special desire to see him, Krishna, in his universal form. For Arjuna is completely satisfied to see him in his personal form of Krishna. So this is true of any pure devotee of the Lord who is simply content and attracted to Krishna's ultimate features of his personal two-armed form. So my application of that is this. I remember as a kid collecting comic books. Silver Surfer, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and others, we were so attracted to them because of their mystical mystical powers and extraordinary abilities. Imagining ourselves having these abilities and things we could do if we had them this is not uncommon when we associate as a body, where we have an attraction to these powers because we think that if we have these abilities, they could help us accomplish great things in the material world. But my attraction to these powers was short-lived, even back then. Some friends around me would uh, be so enamored with the mystic powers of the yogis of the East and wanted to gain these abilities, I was just never interested in them began to realize, as I matured, that these extraordinary powers were unimportant and a major distraction towards the true goal and purpose of our lives as living entities. As a devotee, I have learned that this perspective was really my first realization, and my growing love and attraction to Krishna was nurtured through his living features, infinite kindness, love, mercy, and compassion, not for his mystic opulences. Because all living entities are part and parcel of We have just a little bit of krishna's amazing features that i mentioned here those features that really attract us to him they're within us as well these are the only powers worth nurturing and the great thing is that they are available already available to us and the more we dedicate ourselves to sincere devotional service chanting the holy names serving the spiritual master and following his instructions associating with devotees of the lord reading the bona fide vedic literature and without any other desire but to be a loving, devoted servant to Krishna, the more these true powers will be naturally grow within us without any additional effort.
0: as a master of Krishna's energy. So therefore, that would, you know, that wants to remain in his position as servant, which is the reality, the actual reality, rather than succumb to the illusion of that he has some abilities aside, apart from Krishna, or independent of what's coming from Krishna. Yeah, that, that can be a pitfall, because, like, we can, that's the whole reason why Krishna oftentimes takes away wealth and those on the path. Because if we start getting these opulences and we start thinking ourselves maybe independent again, but at the same time, we can use it in Krishna's service. Like a Narada Muni. Narada Muni, he has the mystic bones. to go anywhere. And he's like a wonderful preacher and devotee of the Lord. So he has incredible mystic bones. He's Maharaj. He had a, his own planet built for him. So, I mean, it's not that it's, it's just like anything else we can be used properly or it can be used um, for selfish gain or forgetfulness of Krishna. So, but you're right, I mean, it states in the Shastra that everything comes from devotional service and there's no extra endeavor that's needed. We simply practice Krishna consciousness. Anything that's needed for our service will come. That's the main point. And Krishna will give us what we need and will take away what so then the devotee's not attached. Like Job in the Bible, remember? The Lord took everything away from Job. He said, It's okay. The Lord give it, the Lord taketh it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I mean, we have this natural inclination for like, that type of thing. Like, because it's there in reality.
2: <laughs> so, do you have something? I was just going to say that what's interesting is. If you look at the lives of our, of our of our of our acharyas and great saints and, and leaders in our movement, it's like they all tend to display some kind of mystic opulence. But it's not like they do it purposely. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of it is just simply can be, I guess, seen as a as a as a byproduct of of their devotion to, to Krishna. You know, uh, it's like you said, they're not really. It's not like that's the goal. It's just something that kind of they may possess. And yeah, they may be able to use it in Krishna's service, but there is no, ultimately, there is no emphasis on it because it's not the goal. The devotee understands that all these things, again, ultimately are, like you said, material. So I really I really admire that, especially in Prabhupada. Um, you know, I can think of examples where, you know, he might have been having what one can consider a um, Supernatural moment, but yet not really making a big deal out of it, but actually suppressing it so that it would not be in any way, shape, or form a distraction to others and their devotion. And I thought that was always really, really genuine, just a sign of the, of the genuineness. Yeah, it's good. You, know, you kind of like push those things. That, like, yeah, it has so it has so important.
0: Yeah, as people like cheap adoration. sometimes he has different degrees. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Like, we were speaking maybe a couple weeks ago about Prabhupada Maharaj. I mean, Prabhupada Maharaj is a Mahaja. but he was born in a demonic family. He was tortured, like, superficially, but then he he was protected by Krishna. So, Um, I mean, there's different degrees of empowerment And hinge on mystic potency. I think that's the key thing.
1: It's, like I was saying, you can do a blade of grass. And, and, and of it, and so either of you or you have to share. kind of goes to what we're talking about. I chose. not see me with your present eyes. Therefore, I give you divine eyes. Behold my mystic populace. (laughs) Um, I see this in in different ways. Obviously, he's talking about his beautiful, crazy, huge, universal form, but I see it in different ways, because... You know, like, what, like, kind of like you were saying, like, we can see these things with our material eyes, like, oh, let's go for this and let's go for that, or why is this happening, or why is these things? But if we take shelter in Krishna, it's like almost he gives us these divine eyes to go and see beyond what's happening, and it gives us the certainty and the shelter that we need in that moment, in whatever circumstance or situation. So that's what this. Reminds me of, and it's kind of my understanding of it. Yeah, and my application is just to remember that, and to always, when in those moments, to always remember to take shelter. Calling names and Krishna in different, in difficult moments, in good moments, every moment. Yeah, because it's, it's easy to think about Krishna when you're in a difficult moment. But think about Krishna at any moment, you know, the, the, let it be, what's that little prayer that I love? I read it once, like, that, may I never forget that I need God as desperately in my, what best is day? it? In my best day, as des, no, no. As, what as is I, it? As, as, I need, like as I needed him in my worst day or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, if you can do that, you'll overcome illusion because suffering is there so we can move for Krishna, <laughs> <The> ultimately. <laughs> because that's the panacea for you know, our difficulties. Very, very nice. Yeah, and uh, when Krishna was fighting Kanksa in the arena, and then everybody there was seeing Krishna according to how Krishna revealed himself. You see, like, so yeah. the yeah. gopis were seeing him as, oh, he's the most beautiful cupid. Like, and his mother, the mothers, the elder gopis were saying, oh, Uh, We were thinking of his child. And then the Gonkasas men were thinking, oh, he's the (laughs) death of Son of (laughs) Hyderi. You (laughs) (laughs) you, you do the best you can.
4: Uh, So I'm talking on verse uh, uh, text 19. Uh, You are without origin, middle, or end. Your glory is unlimited. You have numberless arms, and the sun and moon are your eyes. I see you with blazing fire coming forth from your mouth, burning this entire universe by your own radiance. So the statement, like, you are without origin, middle, or end. That struck me because uh, Krishna, uh, like, uh, other day I was listening to a lecture by Radhanath Swami, and... Uh, he says like who comes first? Is it uh, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or Krishna? So like if you look at different different uh, cycles, like uh, if you see like uh, Satya Yoga, yeah, then Krishna came first. But if you because it's a circular motion because Krishna says I don't have a beginning or end or. A, so, it's like a circle. So, you cannot say when Krishna has come and when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is he first or is he second, like so. Because we say Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is same as Krishna. So, that uh, is like something like even though Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but in Kali Yuga, we, he's so merciful that he gave us this Maha Mantra. And uh, so, I feel like he's so merciful. Initially, I was thinking of Krishna, Krishna, um, but now I knew that the path, the goal, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that's how I was like touched with yeah. That's all. and I just want to chant a lot, Chaitanya Because okay. I do read it online.
0: Uh, yeah. Sure. Still don't neglect Bhagavad Gita. And don't neglect Shreem Bhagavad Gita. But also don't neglect Shreem Bhagavad (laughs) Gita. So we got lots of reading. So are you on my email list? Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Um, I need to get you I See, I didn't think you were going to be here so long. (laughs) Because like Jim said, we didn't have Bhagavad Gita classes. You're going to be here three more weeks? Until the 8th of uh, uh, March. Alright, I'm going to send you up before. You check your email? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is there anything from chapter 11 you want to just read real quickly or share? Or something briefly or no? I'll just, you know, I'll just you know, go on it this one. Okay, okay so, um. Murray Mohini. She chose text 4. Arjuna can understand that for a living entity it is not possible to understand the unlimited infinite. If the infinite reveals himself, then it is possible to understand the nature of the infinite by the grace of the infinite. Understanding. It is not possible to see the universal form of Krishna. One has to be given special vision by Krishna and by his grace. Arjuna will be able to see it. Only a devotee of the Lord could receive such grace. <clears throat> Application. By Krishna's grace, everything is possible. By Krishna's grace, I am able to understand more of the Bhagavad Gita than I could understand before. By Krishna's grace, Arjuna is able to see the universal form, which is normally impossible for a living to see to see. I will continue to do devotional service and serve the Lord as his, devotees, as his devotee, and will completely rely on the grace of the Lord to guide me and to help me understand what, by myself, I could not understand. Very nice. It's like if we're, um, we're touched by somebody. Like, for instance, sometimes we have the experience that somebody's like really expert in something, and they, they touch us with their expertise. Like, this is how you um, like sew a quilt or something. all know, a sudden, we become touched by their... So similarly, um when we're touched by a devotee, because each devotee has different um, realizations of our Krishna. And we can glean like, unlimited um, spiritual blessings in the form of realizations to the devotees by being open and engaging in six loving exchanges and um, engaging in krishna katha Then we can be touched by each and every devotee, actually, and try to extract that nectar. And um, even, you know, even a neophyte devotee we should see everybody that's hired, but even somebody that superficially is new, we can actually help them advance, and we can glean from them if we're able to extract topics about Krishna consciousness. Like if if they're able to engage in in the topics without you know speculation, we can actually gain insight from their realizations. We just have to question them in the right way. And say, hey, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, Prabhupada says here, like, the infinite can only be understood by the like, grace of And sometimes you'd be amazed, you know, what you might hear. <laughs> so, to try it. I need to do it more, too. <clears throat> so, uh, let's see. says, 1116. O Lord of the universe, O universal form, I see in your body many, many arms, bellies, mouths, and eyes expanded everywhere without limit. I see in you no end, no middle, and no beginning. This is part of the purport. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and is unlimited. Thus, through him, everything could be seen. Understanding. The Jivatma is fully and wholly dependent on the Supreme Lord. Due to the illusory energy, also fashioned by him, sometimes the jiva thinks himself independent of Krishna. Factually, however, whatever the minute living entity can perceive is exclusively made available by Krishna. Perception is a gradient ranging from an almost complete lack of awareness to full cognizance. Like, for instance, a living entity, like a stone. Actually, the living entity can never be fully conscious of everything at once, since his position is in large part localized. In contrast, Krishna pervades every atom and is conscious of every living entity in existence. He is conscious not only of the jiva, but of the subtle desires each jiva possesses. These desires, which fluctuate every moment, are fully understood by the Supreme Lord, who reciprocates in turn, covering of the chit potency of the living entity or the perception feature, the covering of the knowledge of the living entity, is due to misplaced desires. The dazzling beauty and radiance of God must be dimmed or blotted out to facilitate personal aggrandizement. Thus the wise living entity's pure consciousness becomes covered by his eternal enemy in the form of lust, which is never satisfied, but burns like fire, like a the dim reflection of the chit potency in this world is simply illusion or darkness parading itself as reality as our desires become directed towards truth and divine loving service Krishna subsequently blesses us by once again revealing his felicitous form of unequal beauty charm and sweetness so application Krishna will give me eyes to see but I have to want to see him more than anything The desire must burn in my heart to the extent other unwanted desires are eliminated and cease to dampen the fire of love of God. If my determination becomes strong, then I can simply hope and beg for the causeless mercy of the Lord. If my determination becomes weak, I must beg the Lord to make it strong. Therefore, this begging process is the urgent chanting of your holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Please, dear Lord, awaken my heart to pure love for you, because without this awakening I am simply a beggar with no sustenance and no fixed residence. Give me residence in Vrindavan and sustenance of unadulterated love. My heart is stone-like, Maya sways me constantly. Therefore, soften my heart and enter deep within. Then I will see you without hindrance through eyes decorated with the love okay Okay. so let's see what are the questions see Lord Krishna's universal form. because we, we just want to be where Krishna wants us to be, like physically. We want to be where Guru wants us to be. What I, what I mean is when I want to be in the-
1: Not, it's already satisfied he doesn't need it but it's for our benefit and it's also for the benefit of everybody that reads it and everyone else because it's it's nice how it says it um, somewhere in the purport that um, not only Krishna is saying all these amazing things about himself but he's actually like showing you this is when he gets to show off and, and be like okay well I told you all these things but let me show you so, it's for our
0: benefit. And Arjuna, and because he's such a trusted personality, actually the is known by their honesty. So, I mean, if we, if we understand Vedic culture and who Arjuna is, then we have to you know, take, take Arjuna's experience as we, Really, um, where we gain knowledge is, is based on who we trust. so really building um, really relationships with different gurus and attorneys who, who do I want to trust and um, you know when I had different difficulties in Krishna consciousness understanding some things I would always go back to that when I want to trust Prabhupada I want to trust somebody Historical body centered around Mahabharata, like the Bhakti Balk- Gita, also is, is, is correlating what happens in Mahabharata. Like we <laughs> like study histories too. Like histories, they have to, you know, be consistent and correlate. It has to be a trusted source, and things like that. Um, so I, I, I choose to trust the great personalities rather than the mundane historians because the historians they speculate. You know, first of all, it's difficult to understand things that are going on even in our present time. But if you start going backwards, like, you know they have, they have courts because they, they have to figure out who is telling the truth. And so we have court proceedings, like, constantly on the local and federal level. So, like, if you can't even figure out what's going on around us without, you know, extremely um, interwoven and complicated court cases, then how can we understand history?